Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 259 of We Podcast, and we know things where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. Tonight's the night. My Ooh. dark passenger. <laughs> I got the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it. We have a huge show for you tonight all. Dextered up tonight. We're ready to rock and roll with some spoiler talk on Dexter. But don't worry for the folks that are not looking for the spoilers. We'll do a little bit of non-spoiler up front before we dive into spoilers. But let me run down the show we got for you tonight because it is a big one here on episode 259. We'll start with our picks of the week. We got trivia 1.5 for Sam, 1 for me. Sam, I'm telling you now, my question is hard. I'm fucked. But I've given you, an, I'm, I'm helping you in the question. I think I'm giving you help. So it's, right. you know, you definitely probably don't know the answer without the, without the answers, but I'm giving you some help on it. You'll see. I appreciate uh, it. Uh, we have a reminder about Disney plus day. We're going to start in movies where we talk about what else Disney plus releasing IMAX versions of the MCU films. So for those people who have, I don't know, a TV roughly a hundred inches in size, it definitely uh, helps that some Patty Jenkins, Star Wars, Rogue Squadron news, some John Wick news, and some delays because they're the hottest pot. Uh, we'll have some news there in the movie section. TV, we got our impressions of the series premiere of Dexter New Blood. Like I said, we'll start spoiler free. We'll go into spoilers after that. So I'm definitely, definitely excited for that. Huge, huge, huge stuff to talk about because. We'll kind of lay it for you here. Sam and I, we were both very satisfied. It was, uh, we weren't just whelmed. We'll say that. <laughs> we have an update on a second season of Squid Game. My goodness. Uh, I mean, I mean, if if, if there was if Netflix had all said, you know what? Nah, no thanks. We don't want the biggest show ever to get a second season. Yeah, but does it need it? We'll have we'll answer that convert or I'm sorry, answer that question as best as we can at this time. We both love Squid Game, but is a second season necessary? So we'll we'll go over that conversation. Looking forward to that. We have an update on the live action Yu Yu Hakka's show series on Netflix, Stranger Things 4, Miss Marvel, Star Wars Andor. Uh, a huge television section before Sam takes over in gaming where we have the review for Call of Duty Vanguard. Uh, I have my uh, impressions of Forza Horizon 5 on the Xbox Series S. Cannot wait to tell you what I thought about that game. Uh, That's where our top three is going to lie as well. It's going to be our dream cars, our favorite cars. Uh, This is a very wide gamut to run in the top three. It could be anything from a you know DeLorean to a Beetle, or like a you know. I I, I kept off the Batmobiles. I just kept okay. them off the list. Just, okay. just throwing that out there. There you go. There you go. But maybe like a Rolls Royce or something. We'll we'll figure it out in our top three. We got some Skater XL news, some Pokemon BDSP news because that game's only a week away, which is just insane to think uh, that that game will be in my hands. In one week, so episode 261, we'll be able to talk about that. Cannot wait. Uh, let's see. The Steam Deck has an, uh, unfortunately got delayed. Uh, and the Xbox exclusive, The Gunk, which I've been waiting for since it was announced when the Xbox Series X was announced last year. Because today, as we record, this is a is the one-year anniversary of the Series X and S. Uh, finally got a release date. And then Sam will end it with our weekly WADA. So a long show tonight, but let's start where we customarily do in our picks of the week. 
So last night, me and my girl went to the movies, and we finally saw Dune. Nice. And it, it, this was a movie, like I told you, I, I wanted to see this in theaters. Yeah, we know the director. Of course, every director is going to want to tell the person, go see my movie in theaters. Obviously, support it, because that's how you're going to get a sequel. If not, you're not going to get a sequel. And I love, like, right when the movie starts, it says Dune, part one. Yeah. So I mean, he, he, he even said going in it, there's no way this story can be told in one movie. And you, you know how, like, this was a two-and-a-half-hour movie. You know, I think it's a good movie when a two and a half hour movie, which is a long movie, didn't feel two and a half hours, even though that it was a lot of setup, a lot of story, characters. It didn't feel long. I didn't feel like I was like, oh, my God, I feel like I've been here forever. Like, I feel like I've seen an hour and a half movie so I bet that were worse than this two and a half hour movie. But from what Dennis was, was it Dennis Villeneuve, the director, I mean, he, he definitely took a a huge swing for this movie, just the scope, the visuals. Um, I'm just like, I was just looking to see what he directed and everything I've seen him direct Blade Runner 2049. I really wasn't a fan of um, you. You saw Arrival. I think you said you liked that movie. It was okay. It was okay. Um, Prisoners. I didn't see enemy. I didn't see. And the best movie I've seen him do so far was Sicario. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that movie was badass, but I didn't really know who Tim- Timothy Charlemagne was. I, I just didn't know. All I knew, he was a new guy playing Wonka. I would say after seeing this, I feel like he actually could be pretty good as, as Wonka. I don't think he will touch, obviously, what, what, Gene, what uh, Gene did, but that's beside the point. What about Depp? I, I, that, that's, come on. I, I just leave that on the, that's just, I don't even know what you call that one. Uh, I, I don't hate it. It's just not good. It's it not good. It, it, it wasn't for me. Yeah. But dude, the cast, I mean, number one, I didn't even know Javier Bardem was in this movie. I remember his characters. I'm looking at the guy like he looks familiar, but I can't place him. <laughs> Javier Bardem, Jason Momoa. I feel like he's always like his badass self. Zendaya really wasn't in it too much. She's if she no, had, no, very little. If she had five minutes of screen time, that's a lot. S- she had seven. Okay. So I was close. Okay. Not bad. Um, but Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, I thought they were strong, but Dave Batiste wasn't even in it that much to really, you know, get a performance. I feel like everyone kind of said the second, the second movie will really show that. Yeah. Which well, really, Zendaya as well too. Batiste yeah. was in it early on and I thought he was going to be in it longer. And yes, yeah, the same. Out. I was always oh, going to see this crazy battle, but again, that, that's probably yeah. part two, but the one villain was the Baron Stellan mm. Skarsgård. He stole the show. When I no, no wonder why he was asking for more nude scenes. I mean, this dude was creepy as shit. I mean, just the look from him when he would levitate to that tall ass thing. I was like, what the f? <laughs> Again, I I never I don't I never read the book. I don't remember seeing the original. I, I just don't remember it. Mm-hmm. But one thing that that really stood out that freaked me out was their throat speaking. That was some of the creepiest shit that I've ever seen. Yeah, reminding me of how. Uh, Kane from the nineties. Nah. Yeah, it, it, it was something like that. But um, again, if you really want to understand the story more, which after watching Charlie's video on Emergency Awesome on YouTube about the whole Dune breakdown, I felt like I understood the movie so much better. Like I, I just didn't know the, the source material. I didn't know what some scenes were going on. But after hearing him, I feel like I like the movie even more than I already did. Mm. So the movie had a $165 million budget. It already made over $332 million. Um, there are Eric Greenlit for part two. I, I feel, again, the ending, I'm just going to say this. You see a guy riding the worm. He rode the giant worm. I, I was blown away. I, 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 
just from that alone, I was like, I'm in for part two. Yes. But again, it was definitely like some Star Wars S, just like kind of the world. And I loved how their ships looked and the sound. And, and I see what he's saying. Yes, I feel like this you may have enjoyed a little bit better on the big screen, but you got an 85 inch, so you'll be fine. But I definitely think everyone should check out, at least give it a shot, Dune part one. And part two starts filming summer 2022. So I'm sure that's a 2024 movie. So not, you know. Don't got to wait forever and a day. Maybe they'll get it done quicker. Who knows? But I agree. I thought it was a fun ride. I, I liked it. Um, I finally got through it. So it was. It didn't feel its length, which I, I think is always a good thing. Yeah. Um, and yes, the worm. It was visually impressive. We'll say that. It was very visually impressive. So well done. Well done. Uh, my pick of the week is technically not out yet, but it also is at the same time. Um It'll actually premiere this Sunday at 10 o'clock on Showtime right after episode two of Dexter New Blood. It's called Yellow Jackets. Um, You may have seen it if you watched the Dexter New Blood premiere. This was the show that was promoted directly before the show started, which is how I even found out about it. But Showtime did the thing where they like to drop the premiere on demand just a day or two or three, in this case, four days early. (laughs) Uh, I think they dropped it today on demand. So I was waiting and I saw it and I was like, all right, it's available on demand. Let me watch it. And uh, my God, what a great premiere. Um, This is a show I'm definitely excited to just back to back. Boom, Dexter and then Yellow Jackets. It kind of makes my Sunday nights whole again. Sucks that I have to compete it with football. So they might just have to wait until Monday. Who knows? But this show is something unique like I haven't seen before, and that's what makes me really, really happy. It's kind of like Lord of the Flies um, meets Hannibal Lecter meets Ladybugs, if you remember that movie. I I don't, actually. (laughs) With Rodney Dangerfield, where he's the coach of a girl's soccer team. Oh, that Okay, yep, yep, got it. (laughs) So, long story short, a team of really, really talented, well, state champion girls soccer team from New Jersey, uh, they go to nationals and on their way to nationals, and this is not a spoiler on the way to nationals, their plane crashes. And when they land, it flashes forward 25 years to 2021, where they're all trying to cope with the existence of what craziness happened out in the wilderness as they were stranded out in Canada in the mountains. Well, it turns out that, it's a cannibal cult uh, that they had either forced to join or we don't know yet. There's this big giant mystery and only a couple of them as adults are still there. So we don't know what happened to the other ones. Are they, were they food? Did it, we don't know. And it's this gi- big giant mystery. So it's this calm, a little bit of funniness, but like a lot of drama, a lot of thriller, a lot of mystery. And I have no idea what's in store. So I'm very excited for the rest of the show. It's 10 episodes. Again, it premieres this Sunday technically, but if you want to watch it, I know it's Xfinity on demand. It's available. It's probably also Fios if you have Fios um, because Showtime probably just put it out there. And so the premiere is available on demand right now. It was 54 minutes. So same time as like your Dexters and things like that. And it, I have no idea what's going to happen. I am extremely excited for what will happen. And the cast is kick ass. Melanie Linsky. I remember her from a whole bunch of stuff. You'd know her if you saw her. Um, uh, Christina Ricci is in it. Juliette Lewis is in it. Um, Kia King is in it. Mia Lowe. So you know these actresses. It's it's a strong cast. Very, very strong cast. And it's it's just really good because it does this really cool time jump of 
1996 to 2021 back and forth. And like, you never get confused at who is who in this, this, uh, it's just a really cool mystery thriller show that I'm so excited to continue to dive in on. And it's got its hooks in me. And now I have to ask Ashley to watch it with me too. Cause I think this is a show that'd be right up her alley. So yellow jackets on showtime for me, Dune for Sam. It is available on HBO max for a couple more days. Uh, and then it'll be back, I'm sure, before the end of the oh, year. Oh, I'm sure it will. Yeah, before the end of the year. So those are our picks of the week. Let's get into our trivia. One and a half for you. One for me. I'm going to give you the hard question first. Let's just get it out of the way. Yeah, so you can get your alley-oop after, of course. That's it's how just, it always is. This is a tough question. I don't think you know it, but like I said, I'm going to give you two pieces of help to get you to where you need to be. Okay. Within five, how many people has Dexter killed? Oh, my God. It is between 100 and 150. And I'm giving you within five. So it's really a window of 50 within five. That, uh, and, like, I'm trying to, how do you even, like, figure that out? I went on Dexter's uh, personal Wikipedia page. Not Wikipedia, like the fandom page. And it has 123. Every- wow, close. <laughs> uh, it has every listed 139. So you could have gone what one thirty four to one forty four one I don't even know mm-hmm. numbers, but yeah, you were a five off of the five, so you were very very close. What was your? Whoa, I'm sorry. What was your number? One twenty what? One twenty three. Um, one of my answers was one twenty six. So if you asked for them, so yeah, I, I went with my gut. I just I was like, how many people did he kill? That, that, that was I I had no idea. One hundred and thirty nine, and so yes, that is a tough question. But I was very like stumped on what to ask you, so I was like. I Googled how many people did Dexter kill? Very surprised to know that it was 139. Yeah, dude, that's good. I, I had no idea. Good probably. Question. Well, probably. Now, nah, you know what? I'll wait till the spoiler talk. I'll All hold right. it off. All right. Let me, let me get hit with yours, brother. How old was Tony Hawk when he turned pro? 13. Incorrect. 12. 14. Damn. I knew he was young. I, I love that you went with your gut, though. You just went for it. I, just, I thought I had that one in the bag. That's I, honestly, when I made the question, I was like, Greg will get this. Were, was it 12, 13, 14, 15 for the choices? It, it was 13, 14, 15, 16. So my answer would have been because I said 13, right? So yeah, I would have so gotten you would have went with A anyway. Yeah, I'd have gotten I'd have gone 13 even with the choices. I knew he was young. I could have sworn in an interview he said he was 13. Maybe that's when he was AM. Maybe then he turned. All, all I, I fact check it. Once we get to my 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 Wada spotlight, you'll understand why I fell down that hole. That's all good, man. Uh, Disney Plus Day. Good question, by the way. Disney Plus Day. Just a quick reminder: is today the day you're listening to this, or if you're listening to this after Friday, it already happened. But we record on Thursday nights, so we are at eleven eleven. Make a wish, uh, and uh, so Disney Plus Day hasn't happened yet for us. So next week on episode two sixty. We will break down all the important Disney Plus Day announcements. We just wanted to get that out of the way up front before we hit you with the movie section here as we start. Disney Plus is enhancing the MCU films on their service with IMAX releases. So a little enhanced audio and definitely some enhanced video. They're going to be taking the widescreen, kind of zooming it out even more, and you get even more visual goodness. So what was it before? What do you mean? Like what was the standard? Was it just standard definition? 16, 16 by 9. Uh, good old fashioned uh, 16 by nine. But now what they're going to do is, and you know what I should do is I should take a picture. They gave you a visual of Tony Stark on the ship in Endgame, And like they cut a line where it is now. And then they cut a line where IMAX will be. It shows you think of like, 
You know when you watch a movie and the black borders are at the top and bottom? Oh, hey, you, you see more film. Visual, visualize what would be there if those black bars weren't there. Like, if Got you're you. at a tree, maybe you'll see more of the tree. If yeah. it's a window, maybe you'll see the rest of the window. It's just you get more screen for your buck. Uh, it's just another enhancement of IMAX and why things are shot in IMAX. So basically enhanced audio, enhanced vi- visuals. And if you're on like a 32-inch f- TV... It might actually kind of be annoying because you're getting more bang for your buck. So the characters might be just a tad smaller. Um, So I don't know if it behooves you to watch these versions on a smaller TV. I think maybe that 65 area might be uh, kind of the sweet spot for where you start to see that. Yeah. I don't know, however, and I wonder because I think they're out today, the day we're recording. I could have tested this. If you can choose the IMAX version or not. Or if it automatically now defaults you to that. I hope you can choose. Like, I hope there's a section, IMAX releases, and then they're all there. I mean, it, it makes sense that it should, it should give you the choice. I mean, because not every person is going to have that IMAX, you know, TV or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I'm thinking I, it's 13 films. It's the ones you'd expect. Shang-Chi, Endgame, Infinity War, stuff like that. All uh, like the, the newest releases. Basically yeah. all the movies that were shot in IMAX. So I, yeah. I don't think like Iron Man 1 was even around. With IMAX, if I that might have been coming out like when they it was just like starting to slowly release. Yeah, that's like when Blu rays were coming out and shit. Yeah, so um, I don't know if like the original Iron Man or Thor. I had the list, but it is what it is. I you know they're the MC movies. If I have to list them, then this story is not for you. Uh, uh, Patty Jenkins Star Wars Rogue Squadron film has been delayed indefinitely. Due to her scheduling conflicts, I wonder, Sam, if that's just a front <laughs> because they don't want Patty. Or I wonder if, Star Wars. If, if she just took too long to put on that coat when she was trying to do that walk to the what was it, like the airplane or something. Remember that video she did? It took her like she couldn't reach that arm to put it through. I don't know. That's what I first thought of when when she didn't get it. I don't know. Maybe it's just Patty Jenkins doesn't make good movies, and they're like, oof. Well, yeah, well, dude, I mean, 84, like, let's be real. It, it dropped the ball. It To me, it was not good. It might have had a few moments where it could have been good, and then it just went the way of, <laughs> I guess, a, 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 a bad movie, even though I, I bought it on Blu-ray like a dope because I support films. But am, I'll probably never watch this film again. So she really needs to improve something for the third one, and I kind of don't blame them to be like, yeah, Patty, we'll find somebody else. Uh, Star. I mean, the, she. The thing is, she's contractually obligated at this point. I don't know if you can just sever ties. So, and I think it's her scheduling that is the reason that this is getting delayed. But if I'm Disney, right, and I'm sitting there like, okay, this was on our plan, and now our arguably our biggest franchise. You could say Marvel, but arguably Star Wars is their biggest franchise. If you're the if you're the mouse, uh, is now going to be delayed indefinitely. Like it was taken off the release schedule. That doesn't mean it was canceled they just don't have a new date yet so they took it off they'll put it back on when they need to put it back on um but if i'm but them and i'm saying good if i'm them saying and patty jenkins like you already had weiss and benihoff uh the game of thrones folks they already bounced out on a star wars project you already have ryan johnson who knows when his new trilogy is ever going to get you know made and even what that's about so like the future of star wars films kind of was ready to get re-kicked off with this with this project, and now that it's been removed, outside of TV, because you got the Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka Tano series, kind of holding up, and and Obi Wan series, kind of holding Star Wars up right now. 
I think the future of the movies is kind of uncertain a little bit. No, I, I would, I would agree. I don't, I haven't heard anything from Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Have you? No. And so when you're making so much darn money and getting such good ratings and people are raving about your, your Disney plus shows, I think the movies, especially with the pandemic and box offices being lower than what they used to be. I think they're kind of like, okay, let's cut our losses a little bit. Let's ride the TV wave as long as we can. And the movies will be there eventually. Yeah. And that's what I'm thinking. I was like, they're, they're focused on Disney plus. They got Mandalorian, Boba Fett, the, all these other products, the animated so Katano, the an- right. You're right. Visions and uh bad batch. There's like six or seven star Wars projects on Disney plus alone. Yeah, so like maybe they just shifted, waited for a better story to be told or a better a planned out trilogy because you know Star Wars they like the three films it seems like to be their arc. Yeah, let's not forget about the Andor series, which is the Rogue One prequel, the prequel to the prequels prequels. Yeah. So like you know, there's a ton going on Disney Plus. I just don't know if film right now is their is their focus. So uh, Patty Jenkins again, her Star Wars Rogue Squadron film indefinitely delayed. If that gets put back on the schedule, we'll update you if and when that happens. Uh, John Wick 4's title may have been revealed in a little uh, – somebody let that slip in like a video where they had the title on one of their baskets or director cards or whatever as John Wick Hagakure. What does that mean? I, I have no idea what it means, but I, for a second I thought in Naruto like Hakage. That was like their leader. Yeah. So that's kind of what I thought of at first. But It is a very anime-ish title. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, um, I did see that they, they did wrap filming for John Wick 4. So that's, that's pretty damn good. Which is this movie, Hakakure. So I'm sure we'll find out the title very soon. I, I'm just excited for the people out there that are like, yeah, I can't wait to see that John Wick Hagakure. <laughs> Haga. You know, that's why I didn't want to say it. I was like, I need to hear someone else like say it first so I can, like, you know, I don't want to completely butcher the name. Haga. I don't, do, I don't want to do my boy that thing. Yeah, you got to have America great again. Uh, we got to find a cure, hag a cure. But I'm, I'm real, dude. I'm really looking forward to this, and to have Clancy Brown. I assume he's the villain, and I'm, of course, our boy's back in McShane. I, I really can't wait to dive back into this. Yeah, and now I that like enough time has passed, because like you said, you went into the second, third one, kind of like bam, bam, like just a couple cool off years, and then was it well, come out May twenty seventh? It comes out. Let's not forget too that we've had in its steed. We've had nobody. We've had um, true. What was the 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 female one? Um, the blonde, Atomic Blonde, right? Is yeah, that Atomic what Blonde. Yeah. So we've had John Wick style movies, and so like we've I've kind of had my fix, especially because nobody right now is still as we speak on my movies of the year top three list. Yeah, I, I loved it that much. So I am ready for a all out action, kick your ass type John Wick film. I do love that it's still being directed by Chad. Was it Stolinsky? Mm-hmm. Who, which he's also going to be directing the live action Ghost of Tsushima movie. Wow, which I think will be 24 at the earliest. It's weird. I actually forgot about the Uncharted movie until you just said Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, That's- and the, the, year, the year for that movie, it just says to be announced, so we don't even know. God, I cannot wait. That that has that's such a promising project. And with oh John Wick's god. action team and director behind that, you know the action scenes are just going to be bloody. Oh brilliant. my god. Yes, give me all the sword fighting, give me all the bone arrow kills. Yes, please. Transformer Rise of the Beast has been delayed a year into mid 2023 and the new Star Trek film delayed 6 months from that time frame till December 2023. So that's some big hits for some big franchises. Now, I wonder if they push it back because I know the announcement, it kind of got negative reviews from people, even fans. What, the actual announcement of the yeah. delay? I think people are starting to get over it. 
movies are coming out. Venom got pushed up. People are vaccinated. They're ready to rock and roll. But what they don't understand is that these things take so much time mm-hmm. that even though so many folks are vaccinated, we're starting slowly, 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 ever so slowly to come out of this, that giant, you know, hundreds of millions of dollar projects take time. And you're even seeing that with, I know this is a different genre, but let's, you know, take it a step further that video games, Pokemon, uh, brilliant diamond, shining pearl. It, it released early by accident. So it leaked onto the street and people have physical copies and they're playing them. And it's a broken mess from a vi- like from an audio standpoint, the music's not ready, this, that, and the other. And Pokemon even came out ahead of it and say, we're releasing a day one patch early just so the people that leaked it can have a stable thing because they needed to get it out. And so yeah. they said, we'll just patch it on day one and it'll play like it's finished, but it's not finished. That's a advantage video games have our patches movies. Once it's done, it is done. There is no patch. There's a director's cut five years later. So they got to make sure it is perfect and where it needs to be. So that's why you see video games getting delayed, but not taking the huge hit like movies, especially because movies, you get one chance. And if you fuck it up, then you fuck it up. Yeah. And dude, I, I didn't even realize that they were this far along in the movie that it was, I guess, basically done. Yeah. The only good thing I have for this, that Peter Cullen is coming to voice Optimus Prime. So that, that's good. Ron Perlman is voicing Optimus Primal. Yeah. And that's all I know. I will this say movie. this too. A lot of this also has to do with other movies that have already been delayed. And if Paramount is putting out two movies at the same time, that doesn't do good for them. Yeah. They want to space out their movies to keep their revenue streams coming in all throughout the year, as opposed to just, you know, kind of dropping it all at one time and collecting the chunk that they can. But then people have to make the choice of which one they want to see. So a lot of this is let's space out our projects. Why would Nintendo or PlayStation drop two huge exclusives on the same day or even in the same week? You just don't do it. So we saw it last year. Ghost of Tsushima got delayed a, a, a month after Last of Us got delayed and they came out a month apart as opposed to right around the same time. So it's just all about that too. I mean, a lot of a delay isn't necessarily to make it polished. A lot of it is just scheduling and timing. Yeah. What well, I mean, one good thing, you know, Stephen Capel, Capel Jr. is directing. It's not going to be Michael Bay. He's still producing. And the only thing I've seen Stephen direct was Creed 2. And mm-hmm. you weren't a huge fan of. I thought it was pretty damn good. I enjoyed it. I but he's Creed definitely going to have a, a huge hump to get over. Just, I mean, fans are already negative and we didn't even see a second of, of of footage yet yeah so that to me that trailer is going to be it's sink or swim i hated creed too but and that's what i'm saying I, was, I didn't think you were a fan of it but dude they need to they're gonna need to do it big if not they're in fucking trouble yeah um i, I am ready to move on are you are you ready to rock and roll with this next let's, section let's do it brother god i've been waiting for this one all week just all week uh we're going to go to TV now, and we're going to start off. We'll go with just a couple minutes, spoiler-free, our overall thoughts of it. But then we're going to get, you know, we're going to kind of take the lid off because we did do, put out a poll, and the poll was two to one. I don't mean literally three votes. I mean 66% of our voters voted. They want spoilers. Uh, so we are going to talk spoilers, and we're not going to, like, do a giant episode breakdown scene by scene. But there are pretty big things that happened that if, you know, we mentioned it, then it is a spoiler. So just kind of keeping the lid on. So we'll start off a couple minutes, spoiler free. Then we'll let you know with time codes and stuff like that. When the spoiler talk will start, but Dexter new blood is out. Episode one is here. Finally, after eight long 
years. I'm going to kick it to you, Sam, first. Overall, without spoilers, what'd you think? Without spoilers, the first episode is already better than season eight. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, uh, any part of season eight. There is no part of season eight that is better than any part of New Blood. I mean, it just the tones back. The, I like, would even say season six too. Maybe, maybe like it, it, I'm just like the, the the you know I watched with my girl Kelly was so excited to come back and just to see Dexter like I I just like I I love being back in like in his headspace in his realm think what's going to happen and I'm not going to lie I was I was calling shit dead on I mean, I'm sure you did too anyone in the fan it's not it's not it wasn't rocket scientist I feel like if you were a fan of Dexter and watched all the shows. I don't think anything that happened was too like mind blowing, but it was just it was just so satisfying to watch. I think that's a really good way to put it. It totally satisfied me. I did not walk away from episode one saying this felt like episode or season eight. This felt like the bad days of Dexter. This felt like he never left. It felt like the eight years that had passed and really the nine years since we saw a good episode had been worth the wait. And yeah. I'm not going to say it lit the world on fire, but it, it was very, 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 very good. Um, but it made the nine years worth it. And I'm very, very satisfied with this first episode. I think it's got a ton of potential. I think it leaves, you know, tons of, of room for this series, this limited series, whatever you want to call it to be exactly what we hoped for. And I oh don't think gosh. we could ask for anything better. I mean, again, like you said, have Clyde Phillips back, the original showrunner of the first, what four seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He uh, left the, best, the show started to go yeah, down. The best seasons. Yeah. Oh my, again, and having a different, you know, you know not, I don't want to get too much in spoilers yet, but having a different person, I guess, with Dexter, it, it added a little something else yep. to the show. Let's just say this. Most of Sam's and my theories that we had crafted in previous episodes have already come true. Uh, if you listen to those episodes of things we wanted or thought could happen, they have basically all happened. Uh, so, so no shock there. But when I came out of this episode thinking wasn't like, oh, this could have been better. This could have been better. It was, hey. What's going to happen next week? And that's how you know that it's back. It wasn't what was wrong. It's let's look forward to what's next. Yeah. Oh, my no. God. Like, it, it, it was funny. You said it was like we never left. And I would agree. I, I feel like that entire time, even though it was a little quiet in the beginning, I still was just watching TV with a stupid smile on my face. Yeah. I, you know what? You're the third person. And I know you're not bagging the show for it, but you're the third person that had thought it was a little slow to start. No, 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 not, not, I, I meant like it was like he was quiet. He wasn't talking. He oh, wasn't okay. talking got to it, himself. Got it, got it, got it, got so it. Got I kind of like that, like the, the slow build up to that. I, 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 I loved it. Yeah. Like, they had me hook, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. So for those that you know are familiar with Dexter, this is a new direction for the series. There is no opening cutscene with raw steak in a fry, frying pan. Do, 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 do. It's not there. Mm. Uh, every episode basically started with Dexter monologuing. It's not there. And so when those things eventually start to pop up again, it's almost like the transformation of Walter White and Heisenberg. It's almost like the Jim Lindsay into Dexter Morgan. You know, there is a specific point where the monologue returns. He looks into a mirror and, and things start to happen again. And so like, you feel like, 
okay, this was a really cool Jim Lindsay story. And I now know Iron Lake, New York. And I now know these side characters and this woman and this kid. And I know this little douchebag and I, I got all that. And I, you know, but now, okay, now we're starting to get these familiar elements. So overall thought it was really positive. I'm really excited for the direction of it. I cannot wait for this to continue, but I do want to take the spoiler gloves off. Sam, are you ready to talk a little bit of spoilers on this? Let's do it. What did you think of the return of Deb as the voice kind of of Harry? And it's a nice, it's a nice twist to, to not have Harry. I'm not going to lie. I miss Harry. I, I still hope he cameos in whether if it's, if it's both of them, um, I I kind of hope that happens, but it, it just it's something different again because we all don't like how what happened with the ending with season eight. We all we don't don't like it. So to we're in spoiler her, territory. You can say whatever you want to yeah. say. So again, if you know her fate in season eight, which was complete horseshit, <laughs> it was just to, to to somehow find a way to bring her back and to get us to actually care and like see her. Like even though obviously she's fucking not there, but just to see her. And him talking with her, and him and his head, however you want to say it, that was awesome. Like I, I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I, I love that. At first, I could have been, uh, it wasn't the same without Harry, but it, it, it was different. But I really liked it. See, I didn't even notice Harry wasn't there anymore. So I think Deb accomplished what she needed to accomplish. Yeah. And here's the kicker: she was my least favorite part of the show so far. Deb, to me, it's a different Deb. Like this isn't Deborah Morgan. This isn't the foul mouthed cop who says the f word every two sentences and this that she plays it very straight laced very stoic very harry like she just goes she's she's keeping him in check very much so and like she pulls the bullet out of her stomach and like don't do it dex don't do it dex as opposed to don't fucking do it like i was expecting that foul-mouthed Deb to kind of come back and be like, not comedic relief, but like, cause like Kenna Masuka was that. And I don't yeah. see who that character is going to be in this new season. So I almost thought it could be Deb with the way she tries to convince Dexter to do or don't do certain things. But now we know she's very, very straight laced. And that to me is just, it, it's not bad because I said, I don't miss Harry and she did a good job. It was just my least favorite aspect of the series yeah. so far in one episode, because she is just so Dex. You cannot have Harrison in your life. Here is a bullet. It's like, just just say fuck. Just once. Dude, give me the Deborah Morgan that and we I'm, knew. And I'm, I'm sure we're going to get a little bit of that. You know, I was only the first one because I'm sure he's going to do some more fucked up shit. And but, then she's going to like lose her cool life. I, I would love to see it. I don't know because she. They, they've made it very clear that she is his conscience. She is not the whatever he used to refer to Harry as, I can't remember, but she is his conscience. So it is a different, slightly different way. They're kind of taking this. And I, you know, does Dex's conscious conscience curse like that? Is it just a manifestation of Deb's body and voice? You know? Yeah. It, you know, the way Dexter would do it. Cause Dexter, yeah, he curses every now and again, but he is not a foul mouthed person. No, no, I would say, you know, he's killed 139 people, but 140 now, but, but uh, you know, if so fact but real quick, when, when obviously we're in spoiler territory, yeah. when he was you know in the gun shop, when that guy walked in, did you go like me go? That's his first one. Oh, dude. I looked at Ashley. Okay. There it is. I knew that it was Harrison in the mask looking at him. The second yep. time he went after the deer, the first time you saw him, she yep. was like, so I knew it was Harrison. I looked over. I said, you know, that person, you know who that is. You know who her first answer was? 
She goes, is it Masuka? Oh my god, I was going to say, don't, don't tell me she said Masuka. <laughs> oh, that's I was like, it's good. got a better chance of being Batista than Masuka. But uh, oh, I said, uh, no, you'll know who it is. And she actually didn't guess it up until Harrison showed up, which was good because it got somebody. Um, and I, I just loved that idea that Harrison is back now. He, he didn't bother me so much. Um, I'm cool with it. Because it's a limited series, it's what, 10 episodes? I'm cool with them bringing it back in the first episode. I'm excited to where that storyline's going to go. I want to know if they find out, if they find the blood outside when, you know, when he hit his head. I mean, the way it ended, I was like, okay, that blood's probably going to have a, a big deal. And I, I love that he was like, I'm rusty, or, you know what I mean? Like, when he, when he, had, he was making the kill room, he was like, I'm a little rusty. It's been a while. I, I just laughed. And I don't know. I, I really, this, the first episode kind of has me hook, line, and sinker. And, and the I kill, really can't wait till Sunday. Yeah. And the kill, the whole kill room premise of what I was actually referring to earlier is that's when his monologue kicks back in. Yep. Uh, and he says, Tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. And it's like, I am Dexter Morgan. I'm like, all right. Now does episode He's two, back, baby. he is back, baby. And now does episode two. Start with the dialogue and maybe does episode two start with the theme song again. And they try to bring that slowly back now that he is Dexter Morgan. I don't know. I kind of liked the way they did it. They just put the the name up on the screen. They went super quick and then they put cold snap on the road and he r- drove over it. And the title of the episode disappeared. I, I thought that those visual differences were subtle and kind of nice. And it wasn't a three minute theme song that by the end of season six, I was fucking over. Um, oh yeah! After you watch what over sixty episodes of the same intro, you're like, all right, you know, even even like Game of Thrones intro, like, all right, come on, let's go. They I never it. changed it. At least Game of Thrones visually changed what houses they appeared at, and yeah, like they, they hinted at what was coming in the episode if you pay attention. Dexter, it was the same steak, the same floss, the same drop of blood, hot sauce, like same orange was- juice, same everything, <laughs> same everything. <laughs> yeah, the arms that he cuts for eight seasons, and it's like, god damn, I like the. Enough. It still got me hungry though. Usually when I watch it, like, yeah, I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> oh man. But uh, what'd you think? Uh, and then we'll move on. Hey, I, I do want to, you know, move on at some point because uh, but, we, we don't want to talk about it all day. We don't, we, you know what I mean? What did you think of the relationship between him and the police officer? I can't I remember mean, her name off the top of my head. Uh, her name, what was it? Uh, was it Angela. Angela? Angela Bishop, yeah, Angela Bishop. Again, I, as as soon as he got pulled over, as soon as it happened, dude, I was like, they're banging. Like of they course. showed her shoes, and I already knew something was up. I just sensed it. I, I mean, again, ten years. I, I think he's going to meet somebody, and to have a cop kind of be like you're you're like inside. I I think that's kind of him having like a backup plan. So. I debated this with Ash and she brought up a good point that then I actually rebuttaled and I want to, and I think that I won. I want to see if you agree with me or her. I think for as smart and as cunning and as foresighty as Dexter is, this guy for eight seasons had to outrun the law and be a step ahead of everybody. Mm -hmm. He chose in a town of 2000, he chose to date the cop. Like, in a in, in a place where they've said multiple times in the first episode, there are no secrets here. You chose to date the cop. Now, part of me says he chose to date the cop while he wasn't a killer anymore. When he tried to put that to bed and yeah. live a normal life and didn't plan on going back to it. But at the same time, if you're suffering from, you know, an addiction, do you even go anywhere near it? Do you even try to give yourself that? 
So like, no, you, you do your best to stay as far away knowing that there's always a possibility that there could be a relapse. And I, you know, I look at this as Dexter is like, bro, 2000 people, not a lot, but you had to pick the cop, the one person that could investigate you at any point. And but, I'm but sure they're you, setting that but up. You but. Think about it. But now you have the one person you're right. Who could, you know, F things up, but now you have her on your side. So she's love blind and kind of, you know, blind, like not blind. That would make, like, that would really disappoint me if they went that route. They went that route with Deb already. Like the love that she had for Dexter outweighed her coppishness enough to fucking shoot LaGuerta. So like, and Ashley made a really good point of, well, he had to hide amongst cops in seven years for my, in Miami. I said, yeah, but LaGuerta found him out and Dokes found him out. So actually his smartness, if you will, to uh, be a step ahead actually failed on multiple occasions because Deb caught him, LaGuerta caught him and Dokes caught him. That's three times in eight seasons that he was actually caught and Dokes was only killed from a random person who decided to throw the gas on and uh, Deb the made, crazy chick. The crazy yeah, chick. yeah. And Deb made the move to choose the love for him over LaGuardia or else she could have shot him. Well, dead. Well, I'm not, I wouldn't even go for like love for like love for him. I'm just she chose her brother over LaGuardia. But the whole storyline was she was in love. with. Him. I hear you. I hear so, you. But at the same time, even if you want to call it platonic brother sister love it's it's the feelings that she had for dexter yeah. overwhelmed her conscious of being a cop and it's like you're really setting yourself up for this one dude because like i know you've been there for a couple of years he even said it. how long you've been working here i've been working here two or three years so he's been in the town a while he's well known he's been dating this woman for quite a while so there is definitely an established relationship there i'm not doubting that but like I really hope they don't play the she finds out card and she has to pick him or being a cop. I really hope not because that's something. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think they would go down that that hole again. I really hope you not. know what I mean. I, I, I we got to have faith in Clyde Phillips here. The the one thing that I'm hoping is that either Harrison falls in love with her daughter, or or she finds out about you know Harrison kills somebody and and or maybe Harrison's the the killer for the season. Right? We don't know yet. Um, the sniper that they've they've shown in the in the previews, um, who's t- kidnapping all the girls. M- maybe like she's onto that. Maybe my guess is that she's going to try to find the sniper guy who's kidnapping the girls. So is Dexter, and at some point they intersect, and they're both trying to find them together. And at that point, maybe they either work together. I, I don't know, but maybe she finds out who he is. But if Harrison, a thirteen year old kid who was supposed to be in Argentina, can track him down. Like, is he really that secretive? Like, can Batista do it too? Like, the former, you know, oh, you know what Quinn? Well, somebody. What am I? What I always said. I said it's going to be Quinn. If anyone comes back, like the old one, it's going to be Quinn. Anything else you want to talk about the tie a bow uh, on this? I'm sure we'll revisit it, kind of like we did with the MCU. About halfway through, we'll kind of revisit for yeah. some talk, and I, then at I, the I, end of it, we'll do. it. I don't think more. they could have started episode one any better. They just started it, it, it like oh, like you said, like, almost like like where it picked like left off where like we we never even though 10 years has passed, right? Like it's been 10 years since we've seen it. It doesn't seem like it's been 10 years. And I love that. I'm, I still love the show as much when I rewatch the show again, that I'm still invested. I still want more. And again, I I already like this better than, than season eight episode one hook, line and sinker. Cannot wait every Sunday again. I am excited. We did 16 minutes of Dexter talk. That's very exciting for me. For one episode. (laughs) And uh, 11, 
of it, eleven of it was spoiler. So we did five, nine, and eleven on. I think that's we'll take a good that. rate. I that's think fair. That's, that's, that's two thirds, just like the amount of people that voted. That's that's what I call partisan, baby, bipartisanship. <laughs> uh, let's get into the next story. Squid Game Two, as confirmed by the director and sh- I think showrunner of really the creator of Squid Game, said that of course it's coming back in some f- form or fashion. Do you think? Because I don't think the news is that it is, because it's like you said, it's the number one show on Netflix, maybe ever. It My is. question to you is, does it need to? I mean, the way it ended, I would say yes. And he already said that Lee Jung Jae will be returning as Jihan. Yeah. So to me, that already tells me, okay, just the way it ended, like it's we we had to get a season two. Um, I don't think it's good. I, I still feel like there's still so much more story to be told rather than just with Jihan. You know, I still think that one cop has survived. I somehow think he survived that fall. He landed in the water. He somehow survived. No doubt. And he's the brother of the front man. So like, of course he's, of course, by the way, I guess spoilers. Uh, Of course he's didn't, he didn't die. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm very interested to see what they bring back for season two. Hopefully it's not just the same games and it's something a little bit different. I think the games will be different. I think it'll be told from the perspective of trying to stop them as opposed to the, you know, getting those tense moments. I just, you know, me personally, I'm good. I didn't, I'll watch it of course. And I'm sure I I might even love it. I just, I was satisfied, man. I didn't think there was a a necessity for season two. I just liked the thought of, you know, it ended where it ended and maybe he stopped them. I also think he's a dick for leaving his daughter. So if, if they didn't have that ending of him seeing the guy play the game with, like, like just left it at that or, like, left it after he figured out what happened with the old man, all that kind of stuff. If he left it at that, I would agree with you and probably say, no, we, we don't need it. But just the way they left off, like, I feel like he's either going to die trying or he's going to shut him down. I really, 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 really would have loved it if when he looked through the train and saw the guy from train to Busan playing it with somebody else. I really wish they had sort of ended it there. Like you saw the look on his face yeah, and then it went to black and you make it up. Like, did he go kill the guy? Did he go fuck him up? Did he just get on with his life and say, I'm out. I'm happy. There's a ton of potential there, but no, we had to get the scene where, you know, he freaks out and slaps the guy and then goes to the, the tarmac and makes the phone. Only, call, only so. thing I want is I just hope he changed his hair color. Well, you, he did that as a representation of a like the color red in that show. Oh my god, symbolism, especially. I mean, like, so uh, you know, I think that that was a little bit of completely intentional. Although, you know, as an American, a dumb American viewer, yes, it was it was a little weird, uh, a little jarring to see that. Um, yeah, there's a ton of stuff that I think could be cool. I, I just really like. I don't know. I'm cool without it. That's all. I mean, get it. We ain't going to get it for another two years, so it'll definitely be a while. I just hope that it, you know, because it's already lost. I mean, there's a new Twitter fad every day, but like it's already people, people keep calling it squid games, but like I'm already seeing less and less YouTube videos about it in my feed, less and less Twitter talk. And there's, you know, it's Christmas time. So there's going to well, be I mean, a whole bunch of stuff think going on. All has been talked out. I mean, there's been so many videos about it. Yeah, but this news about Squid Game 2 happened over 24 hours ago. I 1000%, 1000% expected my YouTube subscription feed to be 
just bombarded with season two theories. What's going to yeah. happen? What's this? What's that? And I'm sure they're on the way. They're but making them as we speak, right? You're you're not wrong. You're absolutely right. But now we still got to wait two years. So like all these theories are going to, it's kind of like Stranger Things 4. The show is two years. It'll be three years between season three and four. It, it was July 2019. Yeah, that's going to be madness to see these kids again. Like be adults. Three years. It's like, what the fuck? If it wasn't Stranger Things, this, you know, the popularity of this show has, then it would go to die. And no one would care about a show with a three-year gap. But because it's Stranger Things, which we'll talk about in a few moments here, uh, then, of course, it, it matters. It's just like, gosh darn. I don't know. Is it even going to be culturally relevant by the time two comes out? Or much like Tiger King, is just nobody going to give a shit anymore? Yeah, I, I, have, I haven't we'll heard anyone talk about Tiger King. And it's coming out in like six days. I kind of hope it stays that way. Yeah, it's, it's coming out in six days, I think. So I think you'll hear stuff about it, but I don't think it's going to be positive. By the way, I don't have any hopes for it being any good. I just want to put that out there now. So we all, so we're all aware. I, I, I would, I gotta have faith in the, in the creator. I think he's got something cooking for season oh, two. I, I meant Tiger King. Oh, Tiger King. Oh, fuck that guy. Yeah, and no, the Squid Game 2, I think will be a six. I got, if the, if the first season's a 10, I think it'll be a, a worthy follow up, but not even close to the level of season one. The live action Yu Yu Hakusho series on Netflix now has a release window. So we knew it was happening, but now we have an idea of when it's coming. But we gotta wait, my friends. We gotta wait two years. It is coming December of 2023. I will be 36. I mean, it, it's definitely a long ass time away, but it, it's good to hear that they're still working on that. We're still going to get a live action Yu Yu, uh, one of our favorite animes. It's just a, a show that I did. You know, you don't know. You, you always want to expect that we'll get a live action, but how are they going to do it? I understand the pandemic takes its toll on production and things like that. So I'm completely aware of that. I don't want to lose sight of that. But I was really hoping, because Cowboy Bebop looks really good, I was really hoping that they would capitalize on the audience that that will bring in. The non-anime fan who says, oh, what's this? Oh, it's based on an anime, but it's live action. Cool, let me watch it because I really don't like anime. And I was really hoping that Yu Yu would be able to do the same thing of capture that audience of... Well, I don't like anime, but this looks badass. Yeah, I again the one guy, uh, Yoshi Sadarso, Sadarso. I think it's Sadarso. I think he would be an awesome live action Yu Yu Hakusho. I know he just cast it. <laughs> you scare your meshi. You're a meshi. I, I he's the only one like that off the bat that I could think of like a sure thing. Yusuke, but everyone else, I I have no idea. Aaron Paul. I mean, maybe he could be baby, maybe. <laughs> Baby uh, Gwenma. That's on Gwenma. Maybe uh, that, that's about it. No, he could be Kuwabara. Yeah, bitch. Nah, no, no way. No, <laughs> no, with that red hair. Shit. I don't know who who Kuwabara would will will be. Man, that's. I think I am most excited for that casting. Whoever plays Kuwabara over all of them, dude, it's gonna be fucking wild. But- I mean, it's gonna be for me. It's Karama. You to get that soft spoken, you know, but also like one of the badass. Strategic fighters. I, I don't. I don't know how you're going to do that one. What I would. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, everybody. It's late and it's a long week. Uh, my finger is currently like pulsating through my. So oh, you get your finger shut in the door. Stop crying like a little girl. <laughs> they're they're shut in a door, and then there's what happened to me. Um, uh, if she pried one more time, 
snap. But Go on. with Thanos, gone. Uh, anyways, the what I hope happens with this show is they cast a big Yurameshi, and then everybody else is kind of that, you know, lower level kick-ass martial arts, but like maybe unknown actor just so we can figure it out. But like give us the John Cho type big lead actor up front and then kind of make everybody else fall into place. I'd be totally fine with that because they got a lot of characters to cast, my friends, especially if they tell the Tagoro arc, because I'm sure Tagoro will be in this. Yeah, and I'm, I'm more curious what arc they tackle. What do they decide to go with? Is it the Dark Tournament? Do they save that? I just, I honestly wouldn't be upset if they do like almost like seasons one, two, and then three. Um, but I kind of think they're like Bebop going to do a secondary story. I just don't know what or where that fits. Yeah. Like where, what makes sense? Is it between one and two? Like when Tagora was still alive, that's probably where we'll get after season one. We might get the origin story of your in episode one and then kind of fast forward. I, I honestly, I don't know, but at the end of the day, we got two years to speculate, two years to theorize. If you don't know what we're talking about with Yu Yu Hakusho, back in January of 2017 or 2018, I can't remember, Sam and I did an hour-long Yu Yu Hakusho retrospective because it was an extremely slow news week and we wanted to get an episode out. So we did a full hour on all the four arcs, our favorite characters, our favorite fights, our favorite secondary characters, things we didn't like about it, the story overall. We did all of it. So, uh, And also, I canceled Hulu for Paramount Plus, so I can't even – well, actually, I actually have the Blu-rays of all four seasons, so I can watch it where, whenever I want. But I can't watch on my iPad anymore. Um, go watch it. I think they're all on YouTube anyway. Don't tell, don't tell anybody I said that. Uh, that's how I'm watching Cowboy Bebop. So you could find anything anywhere if you just do a Google search, which is creepy, I guess. Uh, go watch it. If you haven't heard of you, Haku Show before, this is your opportunity. You got two years to watch 120 episodes or something. God. I think it's, it's like 112, but yeah. It's, it's legitimately a perfect anime, especially for starters. It's like a really good intro anime. Yeah, great intro, great middle, and it, it sticks to landing. Yeah, if this is like your first anime, it does really well for you. It's a really nice like, oh. You don't love anime, but like you want to see some kick-ass shit? Here you go. It's something I watch every year or two. I go through it all again uh, because it's just it's just so good, and I always yeah. forget something. It's it's always awesome. Stranger Things four now has a release window as well, and it is summer two thousand twenty two. We kind of hinted this. We said July nineteen for season three. It'll be a three year gap between seasons three and four. My biggest problem, and I understand scheduling conflicts, this, that, and the other, but for Stranger Things, which is the biggest original show Netflix has ever had from a longevity standpoint, the most popular Netflix original ever, that it kind of took the cake, if you will, um, on when it decides to come out. This Season 4 is taking place over spring break. Why wouldn't you release it in March or April when spring break is happening? I don't get it. Maybe it, it just wasn't going to be ready in time. I don't think that's the case at all. I think that de- I think it depends. I think it depends on when Ozark season four part two is coming. Is it going to be pretty close after? And is that going to be the March show? Because Ozark season four starts in January. So you have seven episodes in January. I would imagine March or April is probably the time frame for those seven. Se- and they don't want to do Ozark and Stranger Things next to each other no, because they're two of the biggest shows. So you, then you do Ozark 1, a little bit of a break, Ozark 2, and then boom, that kind of takes us into summer. 
And I'm sure there's obviously going to be a whole bunch of shit in between, but from a Netflix original standpoint, that's my guess as to why. Plus the summer is when season three dropped. It dropped, I think July 4th, but it was around July 4th was when the season three took place in Hawkins. So it's like you have this golden opportunity to release it around when the show is taking place in and they just, they didn't take it, but you know, as I say all the time, I'll, I'll digress. I'll get off <laughs> on this one. Uh, Miss Marvel and the Star Wars Andor series got uh, both release windows as well. So a lot of windows today, July through September of 2022 for both of those shows, Miss Marvel and the Star Wars Andor series, July to September of 2022. And also the live action Pinocchio remake movie will be in that same time frame as well. So lots of windows today. And I, I feel like they have just so much releasing on Disney Plus. Like I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be more pushbacks. Yeah, that's. I think we're going to find that out uh, tomorrow slash today, if you will, um, with Disney Plus Day. Like I wouldn't be shocked if. Okay, I got you. Because yeah, Hawkeye's what in two weeks? Oh my gosh! Yeah, right. Like November twenty third or something. Yeah, so two weeks. Jeez Louise. That's crazy. So I mean, I'm not surprised. It's just there's just so much coming out, and I'm I'm going to be at the point where it's like I'm going to have to pick on something. The rest is going to have to wait. You're a better man than me. I try to fit it all in. Yeah, God. But let me take it over in gaming. We got an impression. We got reviews. The big one. I've seen a lot of gameplay. But let's see what everyone thought of the Call of Duty Vanguard. With a strong cast of characters used to varying effects throughout to tell, I'm sorry, throughout to tell a tale that puts just about enough of a spin on its stories, Call of Duty Vanguard's single-player campaign is an impressively cinematic depiction of World War II. That being said, aside from a few standout moments sprinkled over its five short hours, I added the word short, for the most part, it plays it a little too safe in regards to mission variety to feel like a standout in the series. It may look and sound spectacular, but it could have used a little bit more stylus selections. I'm sorry, stylus sections like Petrova's to distinguish its gameplay from the many battles that we've fought before. Seven. Yes. Yeah. And, and from what I've seen, it's always like the same shit. They're running. I think Dr. D had like the, the, the one funniest thing is as they're running, like you're, it's like a battle royale. He's like, go, 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 boom, getting killed. Go, go. And you're running, getting killed, running, getting killed. Again, that's a game I feel like I'd play like one time and be like, okay, I'm good. Next. And for five hours, you could do it in one sitting. And it's like a $70 game, Call of Duty. It, it is a multiplayer first game. And, you know, Black Black Ops 3 or 4 skipped a campaign altogether. So it's not like this, this company you know, is or this franchise is tied to its single player campaign, but like yeah. five hours is short, even for call of duty. Like you oh, got yeah. six to eight is kind of that first person shooter salt, like sweet spot. So, you know, this is very disappointing news. Plus again, I tried to play the beta, but I had to sign up for an Activision account and I will never do that. Fuck that. I really hope you don't have to do that to play the single player, but it wouldn't shock me if you do. <clears throat> and I know you said you're hurt your finger. I know you didn't get, you know, the time amount you wanted to play it, but let's get your impressions on Forza Horizon 5. Yeah, dude. Uh, my wife opened a door and my fingers were caught in the hinge. So she opened it and my fingers were behind the door and the hinge smashed my two fingies. So uh, my ring finger on my right hand, I can't bend. Ugh. And middle fingers back 
pretty much normal. It just hurts when I touch things with it. It's still sensitive, but I'm bleeding and my, there's blood under the nail. It's purple and black and all that good stuff on my ring fingy. So I couldn't really play games. I can play the switch. Okay. in handheld mode, but I can't really hold a controller really, really well. Um, and it sucks to have to use the R buttons. So like I didn't get as much time, like I said, with, with, uh, with, like you said, with Forza horizon five that I wanted to, but it is out now. It is on Game Pass, the best value in gaming. So, of course, I downloaded it, pre-installed it, and I got a little bit of time with it. I got through the tutorial, and I got to the part where I make my person, my avatar, and and things like that. So, I got to do about four races, and I only need those four races to give impressions because, I obviously, I don't know what the open world is like or the mission structure is like or the story and things like that. But what I can tell you are three main points that make this a worthy download no matter what. Even on an Xbox Series X, I'm sorry, an Xbox Series S, which is what I'm playing on, the Series S, not the X, even on a Series S, and even on performance mode, over quality mode, it is still photorealistic. These graphics are top two, three I've ever seen, ever, ever, Ever. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some gameplay on a couple different maps, and for everything I've seen, like, this game looks absolutely beautiful. It's It's got to be probably one of the, if not the best racing game to ever come out. I, I think it's probably... How do you play it? Yeah, I, I think it's... And you got to get over here. you got to check it out. But I, I think it's probably the prettiest game I've ever seen. But... But... Like... I don't know, because there's no people... Like there's, it's just, I don't know. I'm not going to make it my favorite looking game ever, but it is probably the prettiest thing I've, I've ever seen, even on a series S in performance mode. Now, for those that don't know on new gen consoles, like PS five, Xbox series S and X, you can choose performance mode or quality mode or fidelity mode or whatever they want to call it. But generally performance mode takes down the visual appeal to increase the frame rate and like lock it in at 60 frames per second. While quality mode gives you the best possible graphics you could ever ask for, but it dips the frame rate down to that 30 range, which if you can tell the difference between 30 and 60, you probably can't tell the difference between the graphics. Like to me, the performance is 10 times more important. I'd rather play it at a, at a rock solid 60. And by the way, it is a rock solid 60 frames per second. I did not dip once which is oh, wow. crazy. I had zero frame drops, which is nuts. So that's point number two. And point number three, the only thing that could have made my time with it so far more, en- more enjoyable would have been playing it with a DualSense controller. Oh, what I have loved love that what I have loved haptic feedback and the trick and the adaptive triggers and the stuff like that with this game to, if I could pair a DualSense controller to my series S I would play Forza Horizon 4 for 400 hours. Like it's just god, the open world is gorgeous. The vistas are beautiful. The cars are so detailed. Oh my god, they drive like a dream. I was switching up my cameras to do like the first person view or the view with just my hands on the steering wheel or then the 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 full car third person view and they all were just spectacular and like 
I just can't wait to go. I'm at the festival now. I'm ready to dive in and start my mission. So I'm looking forward to playing more of it. But from what I have played so far, this is a standout title for the Xbox Series S and X. And it's a must own or must play on Game Pass title. You cannot skip it. Do not skip it. Even if the only racing game you've ever played is Mario Kart, this is a game you cannot miss. It's so pretty. And it's so good. So with that, we wanted to do our top three like dream cars or favorite cars or however you want to kind of lay it in there. But Sam, you start us off. My number three, I'm going with the 1967 Chevy Impala. If you all don't know, it's if you watch the show Supernatural, that's their car. 1967, the four-door. There is a two-door you can get, but I prefer the four-door even though it's a boat. I just love the way it freaking sounds. I think it was like over 350 horsepower. Something that, you know, it's it's not too crazy expensive that it's somewhere that I could actually afford this car one day in life. I only have one car that's over uh, six figures. So that's okay. a, that's a that's solid. I only have one car in the hundreds of thousands. Every other car is under $100,000. And if anybody has ever known me in my teens, then this list is going to be very predictable because – Two of these cars are the same since I was a kid. My number three, a 2015 Mitsubishi Lancer Evo in blue or white. I'll take the white, kind of like Hawk from Initial D, but I prefer my cars in blue. I what do I what can I say? If it's a street racing car, I like it. I don't love the big muscle car. I don't love the f- fancy, smanchy, flashy car. I don't like the Tesla. I don't like that. I want the stick, the rubber to the road, street race drift. That's what I like. Basically the initial D style car. And so that's where this, I first found this car out was from initial D. It's stuck with me ever since. It's a beast of a car. The Lancer Evo, they stopped production in 2016. So if I ever wanted one, I'd have to settle for one of the, you know, six to seven year old versions. And I like the 2015 model the best. I mean, you can't go wrong. My number two, like like you, you know, playing initially, all that stuff. It, it don't even matter the year because there's so many years that it, you can't pick a wrong car. It's a Nissan Skyline, the GTR. Mm, I love the GTR. One of I the mean, only cars that didn't really drift in initial day. Yeah, and it, it was it was one that I, I always went. I just always thought it was beautiful. I don't care. I'll give me in black. I'll take it in white. I'm easy. Which team it, had the Skyline on their like there was, was it red, red, red Suns? No, the Red Suns had the RX7 and the RX8. RX7, RX8. The Miyogi uh, Night Kids. Night Kids. I, dude, Zach, I swear, I, I only remember like the Suns. Zach it. Nakazato of the Miyogi Night Kids drove a black Skyline. And again, this is a car that's, I think, if the new one's out right now, I think they start at like a buck 13. Goddamn. So, uh, yeah, again, it's a car. I'll probably never own one. My buddy did actually have one for a little while. I drove in it. I didn't didn't drive it. I drove passenger side, and it was absolutely – it was everything I thought of and then more. My number two is my one dream toy $300,000 automobile that I will never have. But, like, if somebody offered me it, I'd be like, you know, I can't, you know, say no. It's – the insurance on it is probably more than my mortgage. But – Boy, howdy. The Aston Martin DBS Super Ligera. Any, I was almost any Aston Martin. You're, <laughs> you're not wrong. Know. You're not wrong. But the DBS in particular, uh, in frosted glass yellow, 
Oh my, I was customizing on the website today. Not, it's not that shiny racing yellow. Like a lot of the, you know, fast race car has, it's this kind of like almost matte finish yellow. Oh my God. It looked perfect or hyper red. Here's a little fun fact for you. The Aston Martin DBS is the same car. James Bond drives. Oh, I mean, it it don't get any more like, did you see no time to die? Did you see no time to die? I, I didn't. That's next on the list. I hope uh, within the next week, I should say you'll see this car in that movie. Oh, oh, oh! It's the exact car. Okay. Yeah, it's the exact car that he drives. Okay, the, I think right. it's even the hyper red one, the one, the color that I like in red too. My number one. If you know me, you know, fucking been my dream car for years. As made famous in Gone in sixty seconds, is the nineteen sixty seven Shelby GT five hundred. I've heard you talk about this car for two decades. Good old Eleanor. <laughs> Oh, I, I mean, again, I, I was fortunate enough. I remember one car show years ago. I don't I know from the show, if I'm not mistaken, I think they made. I think it was 11 or 12 for the movie and only five made it just because of all the stunts and crashes and stuff like that. So five made it. Um, that's a car. It's, it's another six figure car if you want to get it. But I will. I want exactly the silver. Give me the two black stripes going right up the middle to the back. I think that tops out like 160, 170, something like that. I mean, I don't need, I don't even need the NOS in it. I, I I don't need it that far. But one day, if I am ever a gazillionaire, you better bet your ass I'll be hunting for a 67 show. This is, again, no surprise if you've ever known me for literally any, any amount of time. Uh, I don't care the year. Just give me a Subaru Impreza WRX STI in blue. Mm. I do not want the gold wheels. Give me black or silver wheels. Um, As a matter of fact, I actually like the regular WRX wheels over the STI. The XTI gold wheels never did anything for me. As a matter of fact, I don't like them. But, I mean, if you're giving me a chance to drive an STI, I'm going to take it. Uh, I actually got to drive one because I faked like I was going to buy it. And I just took it for a test drive at the dealership. And they didn't say shit. Uh, no, they didn't say shit. Cause I went out with a different car. I bought a car. I bought a giant ass fucking ascent. Like you better believe that I'm spending a shit ton of money on that car. So <laughs> the ascent's fucking more like just as more expensive. So they got their, they got their money out of me. Uh, but regardless, I got to drive it. I've only driven a stick twice in my life. Once with my dad, when he had a, I think it was even a Volkswagen Jetta. I think I can't even remember. Uh, and that's where I practice on sticks. So I took out a very expensive, very nice car for a ride that I had no idea how to drive. I looked up a YouTube video real quick uh, when I went to fake to take a shit to drive a stick and uh, just went with it, drove it for one mile, one mile. And uh, it's, it's always been my dream car. And at least I can say I was behind the wheel that you drove it. No, that's fair. That's fair. Solid list, brother. Next up, we have Skater XL just got a game changing update and only a year and a half after it came out. Uh, it's cool because the game's on sale right now on PlayStation store. So if you have a PS4 or PS5, it is available at a lower price than $40. And I had bought it again at 40. I love this game so much. Um, I'm still playing it even with no stats menu, no missions, whatever. Whenever I want to skateboard in real life, I just go out and I pick this game up and I just session and they added multiplayer a couple months ago. So that's great. So like, I can just go session with strangers and we can all play skate and do this, that, and the other, and just hit some obstacles. But what they added for console, which was already available for PC because PC gets all the cool shit. Console gets shit on. What they added was a map editor. 
Oh my god. Well, you said a map what? Editor. Oh, dang. I can now add obstacles wherever I want in all maps. Downloadable maps, the maps post-release, or the eight maps that came with the game when it dropped. So, like, what I've been waiting for, basically. I can turn Easy Day High School into, you know, I can put two kickers with a you know, big rail between them, or I can throw a hubba down some steps or I could, I could do what I want and what they did even better. By the way, they just added the skate park of Tampa where they have, you know, the Tampa pro and all that good stuff. So the one of the most iconic skate parks in the world, they added that in there and adding cool little obstacles to that skate park makes it even more fun. They added it to the online multiplayer. So now when I go to join a a lobby, other people's online creations are available for me to skate. So I don't even have to be creative. I don't even have to come up with something cool. Just let everyone else do the hard work. I just go into random maps. And if somebody, I've skated these maps for a year and a half. I'm tired of it. I've taken a pretty long break from skater XL. Once this came out, I started again. And so like I've skated these obstacles as best I possibly could and all the secret spots and stuff. So now I just go to random multiplayer rooms and i'll just see what cool shit other people are building and then i'll i'll session with them and it's just cool to play this game again and have it it's a completely second life it's like the game like came out for the first time again because every map now has endless possibilities of the shit you can build and the obstacles are pretty gnarly like there's bendy rails and like like S swervy rails and like the rails that go up and down and a frame rails and big kickers and bus stops. So you can add a bus stop to a gap where you can gap over the bus stop or through it or grind the top of it. Like the, it's pretty endless, the shit you can do now. So they put plywood in there. So now shit that used to not be skatable, I can now put a piece of plywood and then I can just skate right over the plywood to make it skatable. So it like makes all these other obstacles previously unskatable now open to skate. And it just, what I love about this game is there's no tutorials. There's no like hand holding. You just go in and you just skate like you would with your friends. And it's like endless creativity and possibilities. And if you've ever played skater XL and gave up because it didn't have a ton of content, it's now got a ton of maps on console. And now it has this awesome update made the game so much, so much better and already better. It was my number three game of the year last year. I stick with that. This is a game changer. I love it. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl has unveiled Ramana's Park as its post-game content. So once you get through the Hall of Fame and you are the champion, Pale Park was the original Diamond and Pearl post-game stuff where you go to get your legendaries. Now they've renamed it Ramana's Park, which I think, you know, I can do some theory crafting if I want, but I'll stick that to my own free time. Uh, this is the park where you can now go to catch legendaries after the game is over. So you can get Mew, Mew, and your mythicals. Mew, Mewtwo, the legendary birds, the le- legendary beasts, Entei, Suicune, and uh, 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 Raikou. Raikou. Raikou, yeah. Raikou. Um, and Rayquaza, Latios, Latias, Groudon, Kyogre, and the four and the legendaries that are in Sinnoh, which I actually don't think will be in this park because they're you can get those during the game itself. But uh they stopped at gen four so i kind of like that like they're really being faithful to it being gen four there aren't the legendaries from five through eight but i think they will come later because i don't think they're just going to stop at the legendaries through four i think you'll be able to get all the legendaries eventually you know you're exerting a lot of master balls 
I don't use them. I don't use the master ball. I haven't used the master ball at all. I think I still have my two master balls from sword and shield. Uh, but, oh, just a nice to know that there's a little bit of post game content. These games, um, I don't have a ton of faith, like faith, maybe the wrong word from what I'm seeing from the people that have already had it. Like they just look like fun little remakes. Like they don't think they're going to light the world on fire, but at the same time, I don't know if I wanted them to, cause they're remakes. I want legends Arceus to light the world on fire and I want gen nine to light the world on fire. So we'll, we'll just kind of deal with what these games are. They'll probably sell eight to 10 million and be fine it is what it is, but at least you can get your legendaries. The Steam Deck has been delayed from December until February 2022. This is why you don't put a date on something unless you're confident that it's going to hit. Because they just announced this thing a few months ago. And that quick. It's like not like this thing was announced at the beginning of the pandemic. And they're like, coming in 2021. Like this thing was announced in 2021. So that's a problem for me. Like, this isn't a game. This is a console. This is something people have already put down hundreds of dollars towards in a pre-order. And you've sold out of them. So they were expecting this product for the holidays. Whether it be a present for their loved ones, whether it be the present to themselves, they were expecting it this year. And And I'm usually cool with delays. Polish it up. Do whatever you want. But that's for software. Hardware is a completely different thing. Do not put a date on a piece of hardware unless you cannot meet the date. Do I want the Switch Pro? Yes. Was Nintendo probably working on it? Yes. Did the chip shortage probably fuck that up? Yes. So they pivoted and went OLED and they put a date on that shit when they were ready to. And as shitty as that is, I at least appreciate it. So like, don't put the date on here that it sucks. It's only a couple months, but people were looking forward to this for the holidays. If it was like June to August, that's whatever. There are no holiday season. That's fine. People are going to miss out on this for Christmas. And I think that sucks. But you really thought the Steam Deck was go- was going to be a big hit for Christmas? I think the Steam Deck was going to be a huge hit. I think it's an underrated hit how big this thing was going to be for people. I mean, it's fucking... Dude, now especially with all the PlayStation exclusives coming to PC, this was going to be a place to play God of War mobile? Like, on the fucking go? Are you kidding me? That's a dream come true. Xbox exclusive The Gunk finally gets a release date of December 16th been waiting on this since literally the second it was announced it was in my top three games coming out of that initial xbox series x press conference i've been waiting so long from the team from steam world love that franchise been waiting on this it got a two minute little trailer tell you a little bit more about the story your companion it looks like luigi's mansion i'm so excited uh on this game and now i get to play it for free on december 16th are you kidding me like sign me all the way up dude like it's on Game Pass day one. How could I not? Like, I already, I, I, the second it shows up on Game Pass to pre-install, I'm pre-installing that shit, and I'm beating it before Christmas. I'm telling you now, I'm going to love this game. All right, I'll hold you to that. I'm going to love this game. Although, Halo Infinite comes out eight days before, so, oof. That's, nope, you ain't getting it done. That's no going to be rough. All right, all right, I'll bet you $1. All right, got you. And the last story we have in gaming, Twitch is now available. On the Switch. Dude, they came out of this today out of nowhere. No one saw it coming. No one had any idea it was there. And they were just like, oh, yeah, by the way, you can download the Twitch app and watch Twitch on your Switch. It's like, well, where was this four years ago? Yeah, I know. (laughs) So you're telling me now that I can watch AGDQ on my Switch? I might just do it out of spite. 
of course I'm going to watch it on my iPad and on my TV. But like just one run, maybe a Nintendo Switch run, maybe a game on Switch. I'll watch on the Switch just to make it meta as shit. But if you were looking for a place, maybe if you don't have an iPad or a tablet, um, and if the TV is being taken up, if you're looking for a place to watch your favorite streamers, if you have a Switch, go download Twitch. Uh, Sam, bring us home with your weekly Wada Spotlight. Feels good to have another weekly Wada. I feel like it's been a minute since I had it. I had a few games come in from Wada. So we have this, and I believe I have at least two more that I'll be doing next. So this is a game. I, 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 already, I told you what this game was, but this was my first game back from WADA with the dreaded B-plus seal. Even though I think a C or a C-minus, C-plus is like the worst. But once you see a B-plus seal, it's it's not good. People, it to me, it's like I related to comics of like cream pages. Mm-hmm. That's how I related to that. Mm-hmm. But I have my favorite game in the franchise, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Sealed. It's a 6-5. I'm okay with the grade because I have uh, my Conqueror's Fur Day is graded as six five, so I'm I'm fine. B plus seal. It at this point it don't matter because there's not many still sealed Tony Hawk games out there. If they are, you're going to pay for them. They're a, a couple thousand dollars now. It is not just you can go to the store and drop fifty for it. This was developed by NeverSoft, programmed by Mick West. This is the first party Y scene with the Sony security label and the tear strip. Um, again from us growing up, we, we were skating. Well, two, 2000, I was still skating 2000, right? Mm, I started in 01, so probably oh, weren't skating. Probably 01, 02, we started skating. But I got is- into skating around 2000, and I started skating in 01. Okay, that's about right. From all our, you know, our skaters, Burnquist, Cavarello, Campbell, Glyphberg, Costin, Lassick, Mullen, Reynolds, Raleigh. I mean, you go on and on. They, all Every skater of who's who was in this game. Um, one of, it was one of the best video per Electronic Gaming Monthly in their video game of the year in their April 2001 issue. The NPD group estimated that across all platforms, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 sold 5.3 million units. Game Informer gave it a 10 out of 10. IGN gave it a 9.6 out of 10. Watching just, it give always, it the, just give it the yeah. 10. What did you take off the point four for? That's what I, I want to know. I, I, you know, I'll, let, let, I have to go find out who wrote it. What was the point for? What'd you dock it for? What'd you for? Seriously, what the fuck did you point? I for? mean, one. Of, it's it's also known for having one of the best soundtracks of any video game. I, I think out there, it's one of my favorites. Um, when when they did the remake, it was amazing that they got almost all the tracks back from the second one, at least the ones that you know the the big ones there, obviously Superman, or whatever. But this is a game I felt like I had to have in my collection. Thank you. I believe it was Domin, my boy Dominator Comics on IG, found this one for me. He knew I needed to have it. Um, I don't care that 6.5B+. I'm happy to have it. This is a great entry way of having this copy in my collection. I don't think I have to track down any other ones because the only one that mattered to me was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. That's the most iconic game in the franchise and probably one of my top two Tony Hawk games. So, uh, you know, I wish the remake was better. That's all. Uh, it's, it's great. I actually ordered it. I have a complete in box. I don't have it sealed, but I have a complete in box for PS one, the old black disc. Um, I have it for N64 as well. Not complete in box. That's a loose cart, but I got in on those games before the craze of graded games and shit like that really took off. So I actually got them pretty cheap. I think I paid $11 can't beat that uh, for, for both. So, um, definitely love that game. 
I am actually I think I'm staring at the N64 one now. I can't tell. It's a little dark in my basement. I only have one of my two <laughs> lights on. But I think I'm looking at the N64 cart now. The PS1 is in my garage buried, so I can't access that now. But I love it. I love Neversoft. Man, the logo with the eyeball with the spear going through it. Just classic. Great roster. Fantastic soundtrack. Great maps. We're from Philadelphia. So I have Philadelphia as a map. We did our top three favorite Tony Hawk levels pretty soon or pretty recently. And Philly was, I think, both of our number ones or at least both on our list. It was, it was, it was on our list for sure. Yeah. It was my number one. I don't remember what, what if it was yours or not, but just iconic as all get out. So I love that. I'm happy to have your weekly WADA back. Whenever I hear weekly WADA, I know it's going to be fun because it's gaming related and I'm such a sucker for that shit. Oh, and should I do the next one? Ab, the, both next two you're going to love. So I think next next two, three podcasts, you'll, you'll be in good shape. I cannot wait. And I hope you all can't wait for next week. We got a ton of stuff to talk about. And in two weeks for episode 261, you'll all hear my impressions of po- uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. Um, I think I'll play that one, even though Rayquaza is only in Shining Pearl. By the way, exclusive legendaries, go fuck yourself. It's 2021. Get your shit together. Uh, But anyway, everybody, thank you so much for hanging out with us on episode 259. We'll see you next week for episode 260. Do a kickflip.